So we started a sermon series that we are calling Watch and Pray. And um, uh, last Sunday we did the first sermon. Today we are covering the second one. And I don't know what comes to mind every time you hear about prayer. But one of the things that we mentioned last Sunday is that many times we think of prayer as talking to God. And that's part of it. But prayer is not complete until the communication is complete. And um, today I put down some of the, some communication. Um, definitions. <laughs> Some definitions for communication from the dictionary. One of them says the imparting or exchanging of information, imparting or exchanging of information by speaking, writing, or using some other medium. And the other one says when communication occurs, it typically happens in one of three ways, verbal, nonverbal, and visual. People very often take communication for granted. Communicators constantly exchange information Meaning, people always seem to be either receiving or giving information. So, with that definition, if prayer is communication with God, when we limit prayer to talking to God, and we don't have time to listen to him, then the prayer is not complete. And many times we walk around thinking God is not answering our prayers, but perhaps we are not spending enough time listening to him by reading his word, by being still, by reflecting. And so as we talk about watch and pray, we just want to be clear that that's our definition for prayer, that prayer is not just the things we are telling God. And many times, if you go to many Christian meetings, prayer will come at the end and it will be rushed because people will share their prayer items, they will commit them to God and they will go. And there is a place for that. But if that is what occupies most of our time when it comes to prayer, then we can be sure that we are praying amiss. And therefore, the kind of prayer we are talking about is a kind of prayer where it's a relationship with God. It's constant. Is You're constantly looking for opportunities to exchange with God. You tell him what is in your heart, but he also tells you what is in his heart, what he desires for you, for your business, for this country. It's a place where we take a posture of listening. And so... I know I'm tempted many times to turn prayers just to a thing where I talk to God. But we want to encourage one another that if we are going to be people who watch and pray, it means that we create time to read God's word, to be in fellowship where people are talking, are sharing scripture, because it's in those places that we get to receive from God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober mind, of sober mind, so that you may pray. So there's a posture that is needed when you come to God in prayer. First Peter 4, 7 says that the end of all things is near. And so it's very important that we be alert and of sober mind to be able to pray. So there's something about prayer also that means that we are alert to understand what's going on around us, what's going on within us, what could God be doing so that we are able to pray. So there's a lot more that happens when it comes to prayer beyond us just talking to God. There's just that being alert, being sober, being present to understand what's going on. And also there's the whole idea of being still and listen to God. And so we live in a city that is very busy. 
And so as we talk about prayer, we want to we, we acknowledge that that's a space that we live in. That unless we are intentional to create moments where we are able to reflect and hear from God, read the scripture and hear what is God saying, where we are able to be alert and sober enough to observe what's going on, it's so easy to go with the flow and turn our prayers to, I had a little moment, I said a quick prayer before I slept or when I woke up or when I was in trouble and that's it. But we are saying that could be the definition of praying amiss. So Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me repeat that again. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I don't know whether there's any one of us who came this morning and you're really anxious in your heart because there's something that you really desire to see working that it's not working. And that could be many of us this morning. The word of God reminds us that instead of spending most of our lives and time in anxiety, that in every situation, even that situation of yours, that in every situation, we are to go to God first with thanksgiving. The reason we are able to thank God even when we are in tough situations is because we know who the object of our prayer is. It's because we believe who God is, what he is able to do, what he has promised in scripture. And so if we truly believe that that's who God is, then even though we have circumstances that are not yet resolved in our lives, the Bible tells us that we are able to go to him in thanksgiving and say, God, I don't understand why you have allowed this. I feel so anxious about this situation. I don't know what will happen in that meeting tomorrow. But I thank you because you are God. You are able. You, you can see tomorrow. And so because of that, I will go to bed today and sleep and trust that you have gone ahead of me. You are able to pray with conviction, not because you are sure about what will happen, but because you are sure about the person who is in charge of your life. And so the reason we are having this conversation, it's not because we've not had this before, but it's just to remind each other that as we talk about watching and praying, we are talking about a God who is consistent in his ways. Our God has not changed because we are navigating the consequences of a pandemic. He has not changed. And so today we'll get an opportunity to go to him in prayer and thank him even for the difficult things that we're experiencing in our lives now. And thank him because he is God and we know that he is able. Do you believe that God is able? Therefore, we choose that even as we remind each other about prayer, that we refuse to be anxious. Instead, we will take this anxiety to God in prayer. And the Bible promises that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which transcends the mind of a human being that is limited, that peace will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? 
If that is true, then today we continue with the sermon series on watch and pray. We started last Sunday and we talked about um, that God will set things right. We talked about the children of Israel during the time of prophet Jeremiah. They went through a very dark time. But before that dark time came, God had raised a prophet that was prophet Jeremiah, who he used to talk to his people to remind them that as long as they continue living their lives the way they were, a time was going to come where he was going to punish them, where he was going to kill them, where they didn't know how God was going to execute it. But a time came where God used the king Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon four times to come to Judah, to the city of Jerusalem where they were. And he would carry some of them as exiles to Babylon four times. And the fourth trip is where we see Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego. But they went through a very tough time that nobody knew that for sure Jerusalem or Judah would ever be revived again. And the person that God used to deliver that message before this came to pass was Prophet Jeremiah. And as a result, because people had reached a place where they wanted priests who would share only what they wanted to hear, the masses asked the king of that time to put him into prison because they were unhappy with the messages that he was sharing. And so while he's still in prison, God visits the prophet Jeremiah and he gives, them a, he gives him a different message. And he tells him, tell my people that to call upon me and I will answer them. I will tell them great and mighty things that they do not know about. Jeremiah did not refuse to be used of God because he was in prison. That he allowed God to use him even during that time. And for sure, if you continue reading in scripture, you will see that God brought the people back. Even though after 70 years, he did not remove the consequences of their obedience, but he remained true to his word. And so we said it's very important for us to acknowledge who it is that we are praying to. But number two, to recognize that even sometimes when we are doing things right, God can allow trouble moments and times to come our way, but he's still faithful and he keeps his promise when he says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know about. Again, I don't know what you're going through and whether you have questioned the goodness of God because of the things that you're going through that you're not able to call upon him, that you do not believe that when he says, I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know, that he actually truly means it. And I pray that you will find rest in God, that you will believe in his word, and you will continue to watch and pray no matter how dark the times have become. So before we go into today's um, sermon, I want us to pray. For anybody who has come to church feeling anxious, feeling like it's all dark. I really don't know how to keep calling on this God. That God will, will help you to believe in his word as it goes out today. Because he has said he will watch over it to perform it. Not just for some people, but for you as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you are a good God. We thank you, Father, because you know each and every one of us by name. Father, you know where we have come from. You know what's going on in our lives. You know where we are full of joy. You know where we are full of questions. You know where we are anxious. You know where we are giving up. You know where, Jehovah God, we are stuck. You even know places in our lives where we have not believed that you are faithful and that you can come through. And as a result, we stop engaging with you. 
Father God, forgive us. And I ask that as we come before your presence today, and as your word goes out, my Father, you have said that you will watch over your word to perform it. We know that your word also says that it will never go out and come back void without accomplishing the purpose to which it was sent. That is for each and every one of us, O oh Lord. So invite you, Jehovah God, minister to us. We bring our anxiety to you, all our needs, my Father. The unspoken needs that we carry within us today, Jehovah, we lay them at the foot of the cross. With thanksgiving, we ask. We bring this request to you, Jehovah God. We ask that fill your people with the peace that comes from you, O God. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak to them in a way that their faith is revived and that they are able to trust you in spite of their circumstances and situation this morning. We honor you and we give you praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and give thanks. And the church said, Amen. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Our topic for today is come and I will give you rest. Please just tell your neighbor, go to Jesus, he will give you rest. Yeah, come and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30, the Bible says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'm going to read that text again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So here there is an invitation, and the invitation is that we are to go to Jesus. This invitation is to who? It's for all those who are weary and burdened. There is a promise to this invitation. Scripture or Jesus says, I will give you rest. There's an instruction where he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And then there is a reason why we should go to God, because he is gentle and humble in heart. The result that we are told here is that we will find rest for our souls. And the benefit is, <coughs> the benefit is that we will find rest for our souls, because God is, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So the question is, when you are weary, where do you usually run to? Where is the first place you run to when things are thick? The invitation for this scripture is that while we have friends, pastors, church, religion, and many places to run to, Jesus reminds ourselves, reminds us this morning that we are to run to him. That he ought to be the first place where we run to when we feel like life is becoming too difficult and we are burdened by many things. Do you know that it's possible to come to church and not to come to Jesus? Our prayer and desire is that when we come to church, to church, that we actually come to meet Jesus. Because it's very possible to go to church, to belong to many church spaces, but not meet Jesus. 
And so this invitation is not to come to church. It's not to come to, you know, fellowship. There's a place for that. But this one is to come to Jesus Christ himself. When Jesus Christ was here on earth, many came where he was, but it's not everybody that embraced him. People came to Jesus for different reasons. If you look at John chapter 5 and 6, you will see the place where he fed people. He, gave, he turned five loaves and two fish into, you know, he was able to use that, perform the miracle to um, feed 5,000 people. And when people saw that, they wanted to follow Jesus because they wanted more of the miracles. They wanted more of what God can give them. They were not interested in him. And as human beings, we are not very different from the people of that time. And it's important we ask ourselves, by the way, why do I do what I do? Is it because of the things I want from God? The day he doesn't give me those things, will I still look for Jesus? Because a time came in John chapter 6 where he told the, the, his disciples, let's go to the other side. And he refused the, uh, the multitudes to come to him. Because he knew their motivation, the reason they were looking for him is that they were interested in the bread and not in him. And so sometimes God will do that with us. He'll keep saying, this one only looks for me when they want things. They are not interested in a relationship with me. And so when Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest, he's inviting you into a relationship with him. That's what we need to teach our children. And that's what we, but we must first believe it for us to pass it on. And so what are the things that hinders us from doing some of these things, from going to Jesus? Sometimes it's shame and guilt. Because depending on what we have done or where we are coming from, sometimes we are not very sure that we are good enough or whether we deserve to go to him. But the Bible does not say, come to me, all you who deserve, all you who are good enough. It says, you who is weary and burdened by life. He is the one, you are the one that God is calling to go to him. That invitation is for you. Not be, it's not for the pastors. It's not for those who feel like they, they have their lives together. They have been praying. They have been reading their, uh, the, the Bible. It's for those who feel like they are weary and burdened by life. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with someone, and uh, we said, you know, many of us are surrounded by many people, but we are alone and lonely. And the reason the theme authentic relationships is our theme of the year is because we want to remind ourselves to get out of that place. Many of us are surrounded by many people, but we are alone and lonely. And if you're in that such a place, this morning God is reminding you to come to you, him and he will give you rest. Other things that deny us access to God or getting to that place is busyness. I think I mentioned that when we were starting. Nairobi is a very busy place. If you don't decide what your priorities are, uh, Nairobi will decide for you. There are endless meetings, whether it's on Zoom call or whether people inviting you to, to their functions. There's always something to be done in this city. And unless we decide the things we are going to block time for, then busyness will block us from going to God, the one who gives us rest. Because all those things that we pursue, that we give most of our time to, they, they fill our time. But very few of those things take us to a place of rest and fulfillment. The other thing that stops us from going to God for rest is lack of faith in him. We know God is able but sometimes we don't truly believe that he can do some of the things that he has said he will do. So are you going through a tough time? 
this invitation is for you. If you're heavy laden, this word in Greek means weighed down. If you're there and you feel weighed down by a situation or by circumstances in your life, this invitation is for you. Are you weighed down because of a decision you're trying to make, a big decision, and it's weighing you down? You can go to Jesus. He's promising that he will give you rest. Are you weighed down by hard toil? You've worked hard. Things are not working out. You can go to God. He says, come and I will give you rest. Are you weighed down by sicknesses? By a marriage that is not working? Are you burdened by religion and legalism? You feel like you must do certain things a certain way. Yet that's not what God calls us to. He's calling us into a relationship with him. Are you burdened by temptation? Are you burdened by trials? You've experienced one storm after another in your life. Are you burdened by besetting sin? You know that sin where you really know you want to get out of it, but you keep find your, finding yourself in that place. Even Paul once found himself in a place like that in Romans chapter 7. Verse 19 to 20, the Bible says, For what I do is not the good I want to do, nor the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. And this is usually a big one. Many people are weighed down by sin that they are aware of, and they want to get out of it, but they don't feel like they have enough courage to step out of those situations. This scripture is for you, that no matter how much you're weighed down, how many times you've tried and failed, that you can go to God, you can come to Jesus, and he will give you rest. So, the rest that we are promised here, the Bible says, is the rest for your soul. We know a human being is made up of body, spirit, and soul. And with the soul, we have emotion will and intellect and this is the essence of who we are so the rest that we are talking about is god promising us rest where our soul that is our emotions how we feel about things this morning it's rest about our will the decisions and choices that we are making that god is able to help you in your decision making and the choices that you make to be within his will and that also where your intellect is concerned, your reason, how you think through stuff. Because many times it's in those three areas where we, when we don't know how to navigate our emotions, uh, our thought patterns, what's going on, the things we have believed, the choices we are making, then we may be okay in terms of how we take care of our bodies, but then we struggle uh, on the inside because we haven't found rest in the area of our soul. And so Jesus was very specifically at this point. He told people that I will give you rest for your soul. That you will find yourself very happy with the choices and the decisions you make. With the thought patterns where you have been looking down on yourself, judging yourself, walking in offense because you interpret little things that people do as directed or you know, targeted at you. The things that we feel. These are the things we don't talk about. We, nobody really sees them, but sometimes they show up. That's the area where God is promising that he will give us rest. When you look at Genesis chapter 2, it talks about God resting from his work. 
Um, I don't necessarily think that scripture tells us that he rested from his work because he was tired, but it's because creation was over, that it was fulfilled and it was finished. And so God included in creation a fulfillment and a contentment that he called rest. And that's what he says when you come to his son, Jesus Christ, he will give you that rest, that fulfillment and, and that contentment that came at the end of, uh, of creation. God wants to give ourselves, uh, our souls rest. He wants to give us fulfillment. He wants us to know contentment. There is a statement that I saw, a quote that I saw this week by a guy called Jim Rohn that says, beware of what you become in pursuit of what you want. Beware of what you become in pursuit of what you want. Because if the rest that God um, talked about in Genesis chapter 2 and that he's calling us for in this scripture that we're talking about today, if that rest is about fulfillment and contentment, sometimes when we are pursuing many things in this life, which are necessary, but sometimes in pursuit of those things we want, we end up becoming the person that we did not intend to become. And so we need to be aware of, the, of what we become in pursuit of what we want. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. We can rest in God when we know, we know that he takes care of us. That's why we are able to go to Jesus. In the materialistic world that we live in, rest does not exist. And in any case, sin is the excess of restlessness. When there is excess of restlessness, we end up walking out of God's will. And we find ourselves in sin. Not the, you know the way human beings, we, are able, we have the ability to decide what is big sin and small sin. But in pursuit of many things, we find ourselves in a place of restlessness. And so we end up finding ourselves in sin. So we end up getting addicted to things because of the many things that we are pursuing. There's a place for pursuing wealth. There's a place for pursuing education. All these things that we want... But what we are learning today is that we will never find rest from those things. But if we align them to the things that God has called us to do, then you will be able to know whether you really need to go back to school for more education or you're going back to school because that's what people do at your age. You know, you'll be able to tell whether you really need that extra investment or you're doing it because you think it's going to give you rest. Some of the things, a lot of restlessness that we have are because of the things that we are pursuing outside the will of God. Matthew 11 reminds us that we must learn to turn to God. He may not give us everything we want. He might ask us to cut down our budgets. He might ask us to slow down. He might ask us to let go. He might ask us to get content with less. And that, that is where we find the fulfillment that we are looking for. Outside of Christ, there is no fulfillment. And so today, come to Jesus and he will give you rest for your souls. God has given me the privilege of living in different places during missions. I lived in Kakuma for two years. I lived with people who didn't have water. In fact, there when we used to take water, we couldn't, 
You couldn't pour your water because you didn't finish it. We used to put names on our tumblers or glasses with our masking tape because then you will come and drink it later because it was a precious thing. And again, we were not living in the NGOs camp. We were in a missionary camp. So we didn't have access to the same things that NGO people had. In fact, we used to wonder whether they're in the same Kakuma that we are in. So I lived very closely to, uh, to Rukana to see their life, to go into their manyatas, to, you know, before we could get clean water, I remember a time we used to go to the dry levers that they call the lagers, and we would get water from there, fill our 20 liters jelly can, push them with our wheelbarrows, go let the, you know, the soil settle, boil the water, let the soil settle, boil the water. I lived that life. And I remember seeing people who, because they were hungry, they didn't have the basics of life. But when you went to worship together with them, they loved God. But God also gave me opportunities where I served at some point in a church for six years and in another time for one year in Germany. And I had an opportunity to observe Christians in that space. I've had the opportunity of going to different churches in the US. I've had the opportunity of going to different churches in Ukambani where I served again as a missionary. The opportunity of serving people in Lavington. And there are certain things I have noticed when it comes to fulfillment and contentment. It doesn't matter how much you gather outside of Christ. Just like Solomon said, it is emptiness. It is vanity of vanity. And so this rest for our souls that we are looking for, Jesus Christ says, you must learn to come to me. Because even when I increase your wealth, I will increase your understanding of purpose then you will know that having wealth, gathering wealth alone is not enough because your vision and how you impact people's lives becomes the thing that you live for. So many of us lived for building a house in Runda. Then when it comes, you find you're very empty and you wonder what's going on. And Jesus says, it's because you thought that's where you will find your rest. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. I will change how you think because intellect is part of our soul. I'll, I'll help you in your decision making. The priorities that you have, I'll help you in how you feel about stuff. That's a kind of rest that God is calling us to. Again, in those times of being a missionary in these places, I've concluded that the devil is the same and God is the same. Same devil, same God. Same devil in Revelation 12, verse 12, who says that he has understood his time is short and he's moving with speed and fury. He's moving with speed and fury in Kakuma and he's moving with speed and fury in the U.S. So we have to understand who we are in Christ so that wherever he places us, we can keep going back to him for him to direct our lives. Solomon had all kinds of money and smarts. He investigated the things of the world. He was the smartest man in the world. And then at the end, he said, it is all vanity. It is chasing after the wind. Is there an area in your life where you're chasing after the wind? And you start thinking that God is not good. Because there are things you wanted him to do within a certain timeline and he hasn't done. And he's telling you, come to me. So that I, I give you rest in the things that matters the most. And then you will understand why these things are not even important. Or that why they are important but for a different function, not just to make you happy. 
our children are taking this restlessness to the next level. True or false? So when we say we must watch and pray, we have a responsibility to pray for our children and the next generation. Because they want the things that you worked hard for for many years now. And so whether it means that they will steal, whether it means that they will take shortcuts and get them now, they will do that. But we must go to Jesus and ask him for wisdom on how to, marry, to, to parent in this day and age. We can only get back this rest that we are looking for one generation after another by going back to Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 to 2 helps us answer why Christians we struggle to lay hold of this kind of rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, uh, and maybe before I read it, in chapter 3, uh, you will see that God had said, even right from the book of Numbers, that the land, uh, they were, he was going to send them to the promised land. They sent the 12 spies, they went to see the land. Some of them came with a negative message of what they thought about that land. But if you read Hebrews chapter 3, it shows that promise that God had said that that promised land was going to be theirs. And this promised land was equated to rest. God had promised the children of Israel rest. The spies may have come with a different report. But today, just like the children of Israel, we have the same promise. And it's possible that we never enter that rest because of unbelief. And that's what we see in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they had was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Again, we are answering the question, why is it that Christians struggle to lay hold of this kind of rest? Scripture says, therefore, since the promise of entering the rest still stands, this, this promise still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have shown short of it. For we also have the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they had was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. So the reason Christians do not lay hold of this kind of rest is because of unbelief. And scripture is telling us that it's not happening for the first time in our generation. It happened with other people. That they were told that is the corner where you find your rest, but they chose the other corner. Yes, they had to get there to the land. They had to fight when they got to the promised land. But God had already promised them that the battle belonged to him. So some of these places where God calls us to where our rest is found may not be easy places. Sometimes we may have to fight. Sometimes we may have to wait. But God had, had promised them that that's where you will find your rest. But even though you have to fight, the battle belongs to me. 
Rest is not sitting around and doing nothing. It is trusting him and we step out to our places of assignments while pursuing his will and letting him fight our battles. So we can't confuse the invitation to come to God for rest to now we can sit and wait for God to do miracles for us. We still have to wake up every day and go and fight the battles and go to our place of assignments. So the question is, are you weary? Have you been doing that but in your own strength? Scripture says, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. I want us to close the service and I want to invite the worship team to come. If you go further into this text, there's a part that it says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The context in which that was said is because the Pharisees and the scribes used to burden the people with a lot of um, religion and legalism. That they needed to do this, to do this, to do this, so that they could become the children of God, or so that they could access the things they were looking for. And so as Jesus invites us to a place of rest, he, there's a burden he doesn't remove from us. But he says the kind of burden he places on us is easy. It's not like that one the Pharisees and the scribes placed on the people that time. It might be the burden of, I want you to take care of the poor. It might be the burden of, I've given you certain gifts, not to enrich yourself, but to ask how you can live a missional life. What need is there in the world that I need to fill? What are some of the things I'm very good at that I can do as a vocation because I don't need to get paid for? There's still a burden that God gives us to carry. And he says that burden is light because it's within his will and you get to understand exactly what he's asking you for because you have found rest for your soul. I invite you to stand. I don't know about you, but this week I was trying to clear out the things I don't need in the house. And I would find a dress that is size 12 and I would struggle to let go. <laughs> and even if I'm about to lose weight, it wouldn't be to find size 12 this year. It's a battle on the inside to let go of the things we believe make us happy. And I don't know what it is for you. It starts with basic things like clearing our house, a pot you don't need, a seat you don't need, and somebody sitting on the floor somewhere. It's, we start with the small things. Let's take these burdens that God gives us. His burden is light. It gives you a smile at the end of the day because you served somebody else. So why are we still calling this a sermon series on prayer? It's because we do not want people to pray amiss. There are so many Bible texts that talks about prayer that we could have picked. But it's important that our posture for prayer is right. So first we must learn to go to Jesus and not to church, not to human beings, not to the person who we think prays the best. But to Jesus himself and he will give us rest for our souls. I'll ask the worship team to lead us in a song as we reflect on what are you hearing God telling you? Where do you need rest in your soul? Where are you weighed down? And that you can whisper that prayer to God.
find rest my your presence and we thank you for your words we thank you king of all glory because your word comes to build us jehovah to correct us to encourage us my father and this morning jehovah god we thank you because your word has gone out thank you king of all glory because your word helps us to build our theology our understanding of who you are because many times we are caught up in religion and we think we are walking in a relationship with you. This morning you're asking us for a very simple thing. To prioritize coming to you. Because Lord in our lives, in our time, we spend a lot of things pursuing many things in life. Except being at your feet, Jehovah. Yet if communication with God is not just about the things we tell you in a hurry, it's about pausing and listening from you, Jehovah God. It's about um, observing what's going on, being alert and sober mind. That Jehovah God, sometimes we have felt so sad because of the things that are going on in our lives and because we think so much about our troubles without coming to you, Jehovah God, that we have believed in the lie that you are not a good God. We have limited your goodness, dear Father, to the things that you do for us. Heavenly Father, I pray forgive us for that in Jesus' name. But teach us how to keep coming close to you. That, Lord, we will enjoy reading your word. We will enjoy being in fellowship where your word is opened, my God. So that we can be shaped in our mind and our belief system. 
can be aligned to your word, my Father. Because Jehovah God, we are what we believe. And so today, dear Lord, I pray for all the people who feel like they are weary, they are weighed down by different situations in their life, that they will learn to come to you because you have promised to give them rest for their souls. They will find rest in their, in their thought life, oh God. They will find rest in how they feel about things, in their emotions. They'll find rest in their ability to make decisions and prioritize things. Not based on how the world teaches us, but based on what your word will tell us. King of all glory, we are raising children who have mastered this restlessness to another level. And King of all glory, we refuse to just say that's how generations are. Because your word has promised us different. And so we pray for our children in Jesus' name. I pray that Jehovah God in our talk will not excuse them from the fact that they need to know you as their Lord and Savior because the scripture is not above any generation, it's not above any age group. Lord, I pray that you bring us back to that place, oh Lord, where we keep things simple, my Father, where we pursue you and prioritize your, the things that you require of us, Lord, above the many things that we may pursue in this life that will turn us into the people that you did not intend us to be. But Father God, when we are clear in our relationship with you and what you're asking us, even when wealth comes, even when all these things come, they will not derail us, my Father, because the vision you will have placed in our lives is bigger than our own personal needs. We honor you and we give you praise. Father God, we want to pray for families in this church that are bereaved. We pray for Kinoti. We pray for Mama Razia and Razia. Lord, as this family plan to lay the body of their loved ones to rest this week, we ask for your grace, that your grace will be sufficient. We pray for many who are unwell, oh God. We pray that they will find rest for their souls and also for their bodies. We pray for marriages that are in tough places. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy for the couples, for the spouses. Have mercy for the children in those homes. For the glory and honor of your holy name. We keep coming to you, Jehovah. And we know that God will give us rest in all these areas of our lives. For the glory and honor of your holy name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and give thanks. And the church said, Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Have a lovely day and happy Mother's Day.